Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 13th is 2 Chronicles chapter 27 and Isaiah chapters 9 through 12. Well, in 2 Chronicles 27, we read about Jotham becoming king, and there's nothing really noteworthy in this chapter. He takes the throne at the age of 25, He dies relatively young, and we're not really told why. But I wonder if it's because we read in 1 Kings of him that he followed the Lord. He was basically a good king, and yet it says in 1 Kings that he didn't remove the high places. So although he's given credit in both accounts, in Chronicles and in Kings, as being a righteous king, he's like his father. He didn't go all the way to cleanse the land. And it says that the people continued in their sin, despite him being a good and righteous king. But let's flip over to Isaiah because there's so much to cover today and I just don't have enough time. Of course, Isaiah 9 is the famous prophecy about the coming of the Messiah. Now, this is roughly 740, maybe 750 or 760 years before Jesus is born. 750 years. Can you imagine somebody 750 years ago from the year 1280 AD in the middle of the dark ages or the medieval times or whatever was taking place during that time, prophesying details about you, your birth, the circumstances around your birth, what you would do when you grow up. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's inexplicable. It's so accurate that a lot of Bible naysayers would say it was written after Jesus was born. But we know because we have remnants, we have documents, we have thousands of copies that prove these things were in existence. These writings were in existence for hundreds of years, well over 500 years before Jesus came. Isaiah 9, 6 says, A child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of Yahweh of hosts or armies will accomplish this. I think a lot of people don't understand the magnitude of who Jesus is. A lot of people think Jesus was just a special baby. Special, yes, but ultimately just a baby who God used mightily. But he was so much more than that. A lot of people 
limit him as only being the son of God. But we read in John chapter 1 that he was the word of God. And actually before he was a man, before he was a baby, before he was born, he was the word of God. He is the word of God. Now think about that. We know that and we take it for granted and we don't understand it. This is the word of God. Think about the words you are listening to right now. These are my words. What is a word? Isn't it part of me? Doesn't it emanate from my heart and from my head? And it comes out of me. The word of God is the communication device that generates in the heart of the most high God and comes through his brain, figuratively speaking. And he doesn't need a filter because there's no sin in him. We have to think carefully about what we say and what would the consequence be if somebody repeated it or if somebody overheard it that wasn't intended for it. But God's perfect and he's all-knowing. And so he never has to be careful about what he says. So when God speaks, it's his pure heart. And it's not just what he wants to say. It's what his subjects, what his listeners, what his audience most need to hear. And so when God places his word within a body, within a human He overshadows the sinfulness of that human. And the result is the perfect representation of the heart of God walking around in human form. That is who Jesus is. And chapter 9 talks about not only Jesus and who he is and how he will come and what he'll do, But it even calls him, did you catch that at the very end of verse 6, eternal father. Jesus is the father. He's the word of the father. That's why he was able to say to Thomas, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, Thomas. Why are you asking to see the father? We don't understand this. We try to say, Trinity... Father, Son, Spirit, check. But we don't understand it. God is beyond anything we can try to define in mere human words, by mere human logic. He's so much bigger. So take some time today and just think about what that means for the Word of God to make His dwelling among us. In verse, in chapter 11, I'm going to skip through 10 as much as I, there's so much good stuff in here. (laughs) Chapter 11 in my Bible is titled Reign of the Davidic King. And of course, that's Jesus. He is the son of God who establishes forever the throne of David. He is the ultimate fulfillment of of the promise made to David that he would always have a descendant on the throne of Israel. 
Many people believe that chapter 11 is a description of the millennial reign that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 20. And so we're given this balance. When God brings judgment, he almost always says, but wait, there will be a resurrection. When there's death, there will be a resurrection. When there's punishment, there will be a restoration. This world that we know will not last forever, but there will be a new world that is created. And we learn in Revelation chapter 20 that there's a 1,000 year reign in which those who have been martyred with Christ, those who have been beheaded for the word of God, for refusing to buy into the world system, for refusing to think and talk and act the way the world does, by being different, by living according to the conscience that God has given us and according to his word, we will live for a thousand years and reign with him. And these amazing things will happen. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fattened calf will be together. And a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze together. Their young ones will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like cattle. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit, and so on, and so on, and so on. Imagine a place where there is no death, where there is no fear, where we get to enjoy the splendor of God's creation together in the very same way God intended it at the very beginning before sin entered the world. It's a glorious glorious time to look forward to after Jesus returns. Dwell on these things, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Please be sure to check out our Facebook group if you're on Facebook. It's called The Bible in Order, where we have prayer requests and a community of people who are seeking him together. And may he bless you as you seek him on this day. See you tomorrow.